With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We have the top six revealed. It was a big weekend for the conference championship games. And for the first time in the playoffs inception, we have two Big Ten teams in the college football playoff. If you like the podcast, make make sure to like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Send me an email, Big10FootballTalk at gmail.com, Big10FootballTalk on Instagram and on Twitter. I have been wrong every step of the way with the playoff. I just have been awful this year. And... It makes me wonder <laughs> if what I'm about to say in the in what's going to happen to the playoff if everything's going to get turned on on its head. But I, obviously, if if you have not seen the playoff is a little different than what we projected before championship weekend. The top three is the same: Georgia number one, Michigan number two. Both teams went undefeated. Number three was TCU after a grueling loss in overtime against Kansas State. And then number four, the Ohio State Buckeyes, was gi- they were given new life because the USC Trojans got blown out in the Pac-12 championship game. Now, a few things. One, I, I-, I picked the five power five championship games. And I was four for five, which I think is the first time I could actually, I can actually gloat about my picks <laughs> because I have been awful this year. It's been so bad, but I was, I was pretty convinced that it would be uh, an easier, easier victory for Georgia. I thought Michigan would cover and, and they covered. Uh, I thought it would be a, a close, a close-ish loss. I didn't think it'd go to overtime, but I thought it'd be a close-ish loss for TCU. And I thought Clemson would win. I didn't think Clemson would win as by as much as they did, but they finally went to Cade Klubnick, and he was dealing last night against a, a pretty bad UNC secondary. But the game that I I was actually pretty sure of was the Pac-12 championship game. USC lost 
47-24. to 24. And Caleb Williams was brilliant early, and then he got hurt, and that clearly affected everything. But also, we saw just how how compromised USC's defense is. And I've been, I was harsh about Ohio State's defense last week. USC's was, I mean, they were a disaster on Friday night. And I was, I was surprised. I was certainly elated because obviously as an Ohio State fan, I'm like, yes, Ohio State's going to get in. But that was the big that was the big loss that I think it, that was the only loss that would have brought Ohio State in as as we've seen from the committee. Now, a lot of people kind of coming into this decision were trying to make a case for Alabama to get in. A lot of people were upset that Ohio State was going to backdoor their way in, saying they get to sit home while USC has to play and I want to I want to dive into the committee's decision. First of all, I 100% agree with how teams are ranked, aside from one critical piece, which is right now we have the top six. We don't have the rest of the top 25. But Tennessee is sixth and Alabama's fifth. If you're going to have Tennessee above Penn State, then you're ignoring the Hendon Hooker injury. And if you're ignoring the Hendon Hooker injury, you need to have Tennessee fifth and Alabama sixth, not the other way around. So I, I have an issue with how Alabama, Tennessee, and Penn State are all ranked. I just, I, I have issues with it. Thankfully, it doesn't actually matter, but I have issues with it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I am in full agreement with how they slotted the top four and where they are ranked. So Georgia and Michigan were obviously one and two. That wasn't going to change. Even if Michigan lost last night to Purdue, they would have been the number two team after TCU lost, after USC lost. There's just no way you can move anyone above them. And so... Michigan at two, that made a lot of sense. Number three and number four, I think, were really the the questions. People were wondering, is Alabama going to jump TCU? Is Ohio State going to jump TCU? And I I felt pretty convinced that TCU deserved to stay at the three spot. There are a number of reasons for that. One... I thought they deserved the three spot because they did make it to their conference championship game. And that means something. And if you look at who they've beaten and their, their strength of schedule, it's it's a pretty good strength of schedule, right? It's, it's not like I, – I don't think the Big 12 is great, but it's not terrible. If you look at the Sagarin ratings – TCU they're ranked they're ranked seventh. Uh, actually, let me let me reload this. They are they're ranked tenth in the Sagarin. So you're like, uh. But if you look at their their strength of schedule, they have the best strength of schedule out of anyone in the playoff. They're ranked thirteenth in their strength of schedule. 
They're two and one against top ten teams, five and one against top thirty. Now that's according to Sagarin. Okay. By comparison, Georgia is one and zero against the top ten, and six and zero in the top thirty versus the top thirty. Ohio State is one and one versus the top ten, and three and one against the top thirty. And Michigan is two and zero and four and zero respectively. So TCU has played three top ten teams, according to Sagarin. They have played six top 30 teams, according to Sagarin, and their only loss was in overtime by a field goal. And quite honestly, I think if they run a QB sneak, they win that game. Because, But for some reason, they didn't run a QB sneak uh, on two straight plays to try to get into the end zone, which I thought was a, it was a bad play call. But I, you know, just from a resume perspective, I'm like, eek, you know, that's easily from a, a, a strength of schedule. It's really, really good. You know, they beat Texas and they beat Texas uh, on the road with Quinn Ewers. We'll get to Bama in a minute and why they have no right to complain. TCU beat Kansas State before they they beat. Uh, they they went through all the Big Twelve, and granted, they've had a lot of one score games. I get that, but they won them all, and except for the last one. And I I think that matters. It matters that they went through the regular season undefeated. It matters that they that they went to overtime in their last game against a team that they already beat because it's really hard to beat the same team twice. It 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 really is because that team knows your tendencies, it looks over the fil- you know, you look over the film about what you did wrong and what you did right, how you can come back. And granted, I know that K-State K State um, you know, TCU can TCU is also looking at K-State, but K-State had a different they uh they had their quarterback back, he was healthy, and they still went to the wire. And if you look at every other team, you're like, okay, I, I just don't see who you move up ahead of them. And so that, that brings me to Ohio State, who a lot of people are like, well, Ohio State should definitely move up uh over TCU. Which I disagree. Now, before before I talk about that, let me just kind of uh, address the elephant in the room. Georgia probably wanted TCU because TCU is not – they are not as talented. And Ohio State, if they get a lot of their guys back, which is not – it's not a certainty, but if Ohio State gets Travion Henderson back healthy and Mayan Williams back healthy – Matt Jones healthy, Jackson Smith and Jigba healthy. Georgia Georgia would much rather face TCU than Ohio State. And as the top seed, they should have the prerogative, right, to face the weakest opponent, correct? Except that TCU has the prerogative, if they have a better resume and they are more deserving and have proven more, then I think TCU has the prerogative to avoid Georgia as the three seed. It's not just about Georgia. It's about all four teams and how it works out. And so 
Ohio State, they lost their last game by 22. And they didn't go to the conference championship game. And if TCU stayed home and they were 12 and 0, they, you know, they would have waltzed into the playoff as an undefeated team. As such, they they played Kansas State. They did nothing to tell me that they deserved to drop. Like they went toe to toe with a top 10 team who has gotten better over the course of a season. And they lost by three points in overtime. Like I just I don't I don't see how you dock them for that, especially when Ohio State had no thirteenth data point. Right? It'd be different if TCU lost by thirty. They didn't lose by thirty. They lost by three in overtime. So I I just don't I. I think from a, you know, if you want to say who are the best four teams, well, then just put Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Alabama, Michigan in terms of what the ratings say, right? Because Alabama's third in Sagarin, Michigan's fourth in Sagarin, Ohio State's two, Georgia one. But Alabama hasn't shown that. And quite honestly, Ohio State hasn't shown that the second half of the season. TCU, while they have struggled, has been, in my opinion, the third best team in the country because they have beaten everybody on their schedule. They have been gritty. They have been tough. They have beaten heart. They have beaten tough teams. Yes, have they underperformed against lesser teams? Sure. But, like, so has everybody. Like, Michigan struggled against Illinois. And Illinois is a good, I, I think, is a decent team, by the way. But, like, they're like Illinois is probably not as good as Texas, probably not as good as Kansas State. I, I'm just saying, I think TCU has a really good argument that not a lot of people are saying. So I think they deserve to be three. Let, let's go to Ohio State being four. And I, I want to say this from, first of all, as much of an Ohio State fan as I am, I, I stick to my my guns on this. Ohio State, from a deserving standpoint, how we think of teams that deserve to be in the playoff, Ohio State has no business being in the playoff. They have no business being in the playoff. But I, I haven't, and this is why I've I've argued for expanded playoffs. That that term of deserve is stupid. Did uh, Doug Maurice made this point on an Ohio State podcast? Really appreciate Buckeye Talk. Go listen to it. It's it's a great podcast with I think very very level headed guys, and I really appreciate them. Nathan Baird, Stephen Means, Doug Maurice, they all do a great job. Doug Maurice made made this point. Was anyone? upset that the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year? Like, no. Was anyone saying, well, they don't deserve it because they're just a lowly wildcard team? No. Nobody said that. Why are we saying this whole deserve thing with college students and college players when we don't do that at all with the pros? Like, it's just, it's absurd the standard that we put on these guys. 
And so here's here's my issue with all of this. Um, it's not about deserve in the sense of like, well, your whole season, did you do well? This is, this is much less about deserving and more of who are you going to put in the four slots that you have allocated? Who are you going to put in those four spots? And, and here's what I would say. Look at Ohio State. Uh, first of all, the committee had Ohio State fifth, which I thought, looking back, was a mistake. Ohio State should have been fourth. USC had no, like, no right to be f- fourth going into the Pac-12 championship game based on resume, based on metrics, based on all that. Now, USC had a, a legitimate chance to earn their way in, but up to that point, if you looked at their resumes together, Ohio State was far and away above USC at that point. The only, the only difference was that Ohio State played a top two team. And USC had not. But they both had one loss. USC's loss was to a three-loss team. But that's neither, you know, so, but the committee had Ohio State fifth firmly ahead of Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, all that. Well, USC didn't just lose on Friday. They got, they got shellacked. Their defense looked like uh, a Mac defense. It was, I mean, they looked uninterested to be there. And part of that, Caleb Williams got hurt. But listen, you, you, can't, you can't turtle like that when one person gets hurt. And that's, that's what uh, USC did. And as, as much as it, you can compare the performances between Ohio State, Michigan, and USC and Utah, I, I really think you can. I think they were actually kind of similar. Um, Utah is not as good as Michigan. Like Utah is nine and three. They lost to Florida, who is not that great. They barely got into the Pac 12 championship game. It's because Oregon lost and Washington won, and somehow Utah like got into the game. And they they could not they they couldn't stop Utah. Like it was it was a beatdown, guys. And I know there are a lot of people whining afterwards. Well, if USC didn't have to play Utah, they would have been going to the college football playoff. Listen, if they lost by three, sure. But not only did they lose, they lost to the same team they lost to earlier in the season. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that USC didn't belong. That the best team in the Pac-12 is clearly Utah. And Utah ain't a playoff team. Like, sorry. And that's a significant difference than saying, well, Ohio State got beat, or Michigan pulled away in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. Because you know what? Want to know what happened with Michigan? They're a playoff team. They're the number two team in the country. People were debating whether they should be the number one seed. 
That's who Ohio State lost to. Well, they lost at home and they lost and they lost by 23. Okay, look at okay, 22, whatever. Yes, they did. You're right. Ohio State also has a win against the top 7 team on the road by double digits. Ohio State beat every team on their schedule by double digits aside from Michigan. They beat a top 20 Notre Dame team. Like they Listen, I get it, and I'm not saying that Ohio State's going to do wonders against Georgia. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the reality is Ohio State, far and away, has a better case to be in the playoff than USC does. Which, which, and that's part of the point. You, you have to consider all, like all the factors here. The, the best win, the, the, the three best wins of playoff teams, or of, of anyone being considered for the playoff, excuse me. You know, Georgia beat Tennessee at home. Michigan beat Ohio State and Penn State. Those are two top 10 teams. And Ohio State beat Penn State. Out of all the other contenders, like, what's the best win? Like, ba- like, who did Bama have? Like, they had nobody. Their best win was Texas or Mississippi State. Okay, like, eh? Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee had Bama. Good for them. Right? Um, USC, what, maybe... Oregon State? UCLA? Like USC didn't have a great win. And, and so that's that's where you run into this. Well, why is Ohio State getting in over these other teams? Well, because Penn State is pretty good. Now, they didn't Auburn didn't you know, again, and part of the problem is it, there weren't a lot of Power 5 crossovers that were worth much this year. So we're going to get to the playoff, and if Michigan and Ohio State get demolished in the playoff and Penn State gets destroyed by Utah, well, then everybody's going to say, well, we told you so. And you know what? That's why we're going to 12 teams, because you don't know anything. Like, really, we don't know anything. This this would have been a great year for a 12-team playoff. But in terms of what we know, this was absolutely the right four, unequivocally. It's the maybe the first time I will praise, like legit praise the committee, because nothing else made sense. Even flipping TCU and Ohio State didn't make sense, because because TCU did not show you that they didn't belong on the stage. They showed you that they didn't play well in the beginning of the game, and they came back and they almost won. And I don't think you can penalize them for that. Just like I don't think you could have penalized Michigan if they lost to Purdue. So it made I thought everything made sense. And the 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 reason why there's any angst is because Ohio State's four because they have not played up to their potential. And if they do play up to their potential. Ohio State's the one team that Georgia doesn't want to play below, you know, out of those three teams. 
Now, that being said, I think Georgia's going to beat them by three touchdowns. So let me let me talk about the matchups for for a minute. I I think the matchups are uh I think they're they're good. I think we're probably looking at a Georgia Michigan National Championship. Just just on paper. So let me let me talk about uh Georgia Ohio State first, and then I'll talk about Michigan TCU. I I think Georgia, I watched a good chunk of LSU, Georgia. Georgia or LSU is not a great team, which makes me, well, actually, before I get to Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State, let me talk about Bama for a minute because everybody was, you know, Nick Saban was whining on Fox about how they should, they should get in, uh, how they weren't healthy, how they'd be favored. They wouldn't be favored. FYI, against either Georgia or Ohio State. FYI. So, first of all, zip it. Second of all, their losses, honestly, like, they're inexcusable. And I get it. They were like three-point losses or an overtime loss. But here's the problem. Their win, like, who have you beaten? Like honestly, who who have you beaten? They beat a Texas team without their their starting quarterback for most of the game. That's it. Like they've beaten them and they've beat Mississippi State. Like Yay? I mean, it's like, listen, that's not like, there's nothing about that that says playoff team. And they lost to LSU, who, at least in the AP poll, is ranked 16th. They lost to Tennessee, who's 6th. You know, that's that's not a bad loss. And they, they both were on the road. But listen, LSU, they're not great. Like, they lost to Tennessee by 23. They lost to Texas A&M, who's 5-7. and seven. I, Like, I, I just don't want to hear it. it. In no way should, you know, should they be a part of it. And, you know, versus TCU... Their one loss is to an is at least in the coaches poll a top 10 team. Like and they also beat them. So I I just don't have I I just don't have a lot of respect for you know for what they've done and they have two losses. It just I don't have a lot of respect for what Alabama has done. And from a talent perspective, I, it's very similar to Ohio State, actually. Of the three teams I wouldn't want to face in the playoff would be Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama because they have the most talent. But Alabama hasn't played the part. Like, sorry, you're out. Get over it. Let's talk Georgia, Ohio State. I think if Ohio State gets healthy, 
they can do some damage. Georgia gave up over 500 yards of passing offense to uh, to LSU. Now, granted, LSU was in catch-up mode the entire second half. It couldn't run the ball. So some of that is, you know, it's garbage yards, right? But there were certain – it certainly gives you pause because, again, while Georgia is really, really good, you know, they lost a lot from last year. Now, I have a lot of depth, and Jalen Carter's a stud, and Chris Smith is a stud, and, you know, they have uh, Keely Ringo, who's a stud, and, you know, so they've, they've got dudes on the defense. But Ohio State's got really good receivers. They have a really good offensive line. And I think if, I think if Ohio State dials it up, I think if they get Jackson Smith and Jigba back, which I I I'm very I, I'm about 50-50 on that. I'm really not sure they're gonna be able to get him back. But if they if they do, you've got him and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Igbuka and Kate Stover. That that's a that's a good core of weapons to attack Georgia. And that's that's better than anybody they've faced, including Tennessee. That being said. I think Georgia's better than everybody in the field by a good two to three touchdowns. Their running backs are really good. Kendall Milton is good. McIntosh is good. Edwards is good. Their offensive line, it's between them and Michigan in terms of best offensive line in the country. They're physical. They're nasty. Brock Bowers is a problem. So is Darnell Washington. And their receivers, while they're not great, their their receivers can certainly make give Ohio State secondary problems, and so I, I think out of all the teams that Georgia could have drew, I think Ohio State's probably the one they don't want to face out of every single team, just because of the matchup. Not sitting here saying they're better than Michigan after they got beat by twenty by twenty two, but I I think at, from a matchup perspective, this isn't. Uh, this is not what they wanted. Having said that, I think Georgia probably beats them by three touchdowns, and that's—I don't think that's a—that's a, a sign of like Ohio State didn't deserve to get in. I think it's a sign of Georgia's freaking good, and they are—they're peaking. And I just don't think Ohio State has—I I just don't think they have what it takes to to make it happen. So. Let's let's turn to Michigan uh, TCU. I think TCU is a gritty team that is going to play with a lot of heart and a lot um, just a, a lot of toughness, and I think they have some speed. Obviously, Quentin Johnson is is. One of the best receivers they will face. I, obviously, they face Marvin Harrison. So I think I, I he's not the best receiver they, they've faced, but he is one of the best receivers that they will have faced. I, I have a tough time seeing how TCU stays in this game, though. 
with Michigan. Part of that is because I'm not sure TCU can stop the run. A lot of people are, you know, Blake Corum is out for the season. And so a lot of people wonder about the running game. Donovan Edwards, I think, is their best running back. And that's not taking anything away from Blake Corum, but he's the faster back. He's the more shifty back. If Donovan Edwards can get his hand healed, he'll be a nightmare out of the backfield as a receiver. I think the receivers are starting to to gel a bit with J.J. McCarthy. And, and I'll tell you, McCarthy is, a, in my view, is a better version of Stetson Bennett. Which is not meant to be a knock because I have not been high on Bennett. But Stetson Bennett has been very good for Georgia. J.J. McCarthy is the five-star version of that where he he's shifty, he can throw on the run, he's accurate when he needs to be, and he's starting to gain confidence, man. And I just, like, I don't think TCU has faced uh, a quarterback like this in their conference, right? Spencer Sanders is good uh, at Oklahoma State, but he is he's struggled. They didn't actually they didn't face Sanders this year because I think he was hurt for that game. Um, Quinn Ewers is young. I I think they're gonna have a tough time. And then I think you you look at Michigan's defense. I think they have answers for Quentin Johnson with DJ Turner, Turner, Will Johnson. You know, I think Mozzie Smith and the the rest of that defensive line. I think uh, Morris is going to play in that game. I, I just think it's going to be a tough time for TCU. And I think Michigan's going to win fairly easily in the Fiesta Bowl. Which I, 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 I'll do a, a, a further breakdown, but my first impression is I think it's going to be chalk. I think Georgia and Michigan play each other. I think Georgia's going to win. I'll do a further breakdown down the road. My, my hope is that later this week we'll talk – about all the bowl games, and I'll, I'm going to try to do some different previews throughout uh, the winter before before each bowl game. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll also talk about some other news that come out that comes out as uh, as it comes. But so stay tuned for the rest of bowl season. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Make sure to keep it locked in here. Take care. God bless.